Well, what a joy. Thank you. Thank you. What a joy to be with you today. And uh, it was just so thrilling to come into the worship. You know, I, I appreciate worship teams. We come on a Sunday and we enjoy the worship, but they've done all the hard work behind the scenes. Isn't that right? And, uh, but it was wonderful in the worship today to sense the presence of the King. And uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is in this place. We know where two or three are gathered together in His name. He's here, and we can expect him to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. Now, I've asked my precious wife. She's written over 100 songs, and um, there we've seen some wonderful things happen through her ministry. Um, my late uh, stepdad, was, uh, he was about 92. He was uh, an academic, and uh, he believed in evolution and all kinds of stuff. And uh, my stepsister was a Presbyterian minister's wife. We did everything to win him to the Lord, but he didn't want to hear. Um, until he had a stroke, his mind was still very clear, but his body, he had fallen uh, to one side in a wheelchair, and they reeled him in in the frail center. And uh, I just prior to that, I'd seen a piano against the wall. And uh, I said to what I call the golden oldies, this was a, a place for the elderly, and I said to them, I said, who plays that piano? And one of the ladies said, oh, Sonny, she said, we would love it if somebody could play. And I said, I've got just the person for you, which my wife loves me doing, Lizelle and I. And we've got beautiful Bonnie. She's out, my son-in-law and our twin grandkids. They're three and a half back in Charleston today. They're teaching at a school and couldn't be here with us. But um, Zelly loves this when I do, do this to her, but I asked her to play, and she sat down and she played a song, one of the songs she had written, and as she did, the power of God hit my stepdad. Uh, it was the most phenomenal thing to watch, because he, he just, you know, as the power of God hit him, he just sat up like that, and you could see he just had a supernatural experience. Uh, heaven had broken through, and uh, Lizelle walked over to him and said, Dad, will you receive Jesus? And he said, yes. Two weeks later, he went home to heaven. Hallelujah. So uh, we bless the Lord for songs that are born out of heaven. And this last one, I want a copy of that last song, because that's what God's done in my life. And uh, what a joy to be with you. We love America and would encourage you. And part of our heart is to encourage you to fight for America. Because if America coughs, the rest of the world get a cold. Isn't that right? And you're the last bastion of democracy. And uh, we encourage you to fight with everything you've got in the realm of the spirit to keep this nation a free nation. And we bless you, we love you, we appreciate you. The church in America, people say all kinds of stuff, but I'm here today because of what Jesus did through you as the church of Jesus Christ. So we just thank you, love you, appreciate you, and I'm going to hand over to Sally. She's going to sing. Amen. Thank you very, very much. My darling husband, when he says I love it when he asks me that, he actually means I don't love it. That's what he actually means, because he always wants to find work for my hands. And sometimes us musicians just want to relax. But many a times that I've been reluctant to do something, God has done over and beyond what I could ever have dreamed. So I've apologized many times. Um, I want to just sing you a, a hymn. Do you know um, Galatians talks about, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly 
encouraging one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. This is a hymn, and I know that all of you know it, and so sing along if you want to. But before I do that, if you can get his eyes on the sparrow ready, please. We just want to say that the scripture in Ephesians that says that when Jesus rose, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. When, when Jesus rose, he took away everything that will stop you from growing towards and into becoming the perfect man in Christ. And he gave gifts to men. These pastors of yours are the most amazing gifts God has given to the church. And we just connected hearts immediately. We want to let you know as Freedom Fellowship that you have jewels in your midst. You have people with hearts for their people. You, you, you have pastors that really love you. Do you know there's so many pastors we meet and they just want to build numbers. But there's, 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 then there are pastors that want to build people. And that's what you have. So he led captivity captive and he gave you a gift. And here they sit today. And we give God glory. We thank you for having us. Thank you for being so good to us. We've been treated so well. May God multiply it back a thousand times. You may put that hymn on, please. Did you manage to get that picture of the album? Okay, no problem. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven's home? When Jesus my constant friend is he, his eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Die. 
I draw close to him from care he sets me just to encourage you and to let you know the hymn the hymn the hymn the hymnist hymnist the hymn writer wrote and today they still encourage us i want to sing a song if you can get ready awesome god there's a friend of mine who did something in 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 her, in her life you know Pastor Yuri was speaking this morning about laying it down. It's a new year. It's a new day. God has breathed new life. God has breathed new life because His mercies are new every morning. Glory be to God. God, God never has never failed us. Yes, we go through so many things, but some of us, and this is what, why I'm going to sing this song. I wrote it for a friend of mine because she felt she had to pay for what she had done. Sometimes we feel, okay, well, I can't lay it down yet because what I did was unforgivable in my own book. 
I feel that I still need to pay, so I can't lay it down yet. But I, I wrote this song for my friend because Jesus sets us free, and his blood is good enough. His blood speaks a better word. His blood speaks and calls out our name and calls us to himself. The Bible said by the blood we've been redeemed from poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. And let me tell you, church, that our faith, you know, you know we, we grew up in in the faith move. And yeah, we would believe God for things, but I'm telling you, I have, I have been in on such a journey for so many years of my faith, putting my faith out there to get closer to God, putting my faith out there to walk with God, putting my faith out there to hear God, putting my faith out there to, 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 to speak the things God is saying. And God never speaks hopelessness. God never speaks, you got to pay. He never says, you got to pay. He says, I've paid. We can put the song on, Awesome God. This song talks about when all seems lost and broken, there's something that happens when we turn our eyes to Jesus. Thank you so much. And then I think I'm done, my love. This has sort of got a country feel. Yeah, there we go. When all seems lost and broken When sin has spun its ugly web Then grace divine reaches this heart of mine And the burdened soul starts to live I have no words, God, but I know you're with me. I can't explain, but God, you're so real. When a holy God has said, you're forgiven, the past is dead. All I can say is, awesome God. When all seems dark and lonely When sorrow takes its heavy toll Your words of life unite my heart to faith And the burdened soul starts to sing And I have no words but I know you're with me I can't explain But God, you're so real When a God of light reveals A bright future He seals All I can say is Awesome God Awesome God you're so merciful awesome God you're so kind awesome God you make my desert like a spring sanctified and pure within awesome God you're so merciful Awesome God, you're so kind. 
Awesome God, you make my desert like a spring, sanctified and pure within, sanctified and pure within. Praise the Lord. I've got uh, Apostle Uri turning the mic on. I mean, his car amazes me. You know, we're in America now, and uh, he touches a button, and his car door opens, and all kinds of wonderful things. And uh, so he's been showing me. I love gadgets and computers and things like that. I mean, I enjoy all these things and and, uh, lovely cell phones that really work. And doesn't it amaze you that you can take this and talk to somebody anywhere in the world? You can sit and watch programs. You can do all kinds of stuff. It speaks to me of our human spirits and that fact that we're allowed or our spirit man open to Jesus, one spirit with God, we're able to see and hear and know things that the world doesn't understand because the things of the spirit are foolishness to them. But unto us that are saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, we understand the language of the spirit and uh, we are just so honored to be here. We came, my son had come over with uh, MasterCard. He's finishing a doctorate in financial maths and robotics and so on. Zelie had homeschooled him. And he was here uh, with MasterCard. She had come over some years ago and she never told me. She just prayed because she saw us in America and felt we were going to live here. And um, then we came last year and I thought it was to record her album. By the way, you can get uh, Zell's music. It's under Stark Family. They wouldn't let us put the word worship in, but you can download it on any of the main iTunes should you need that. Anyway, we came last year and I said to Zelly, I don't think we're going to live in America because I've planted churches. I'm a father. Uh, what you heard this morning is the dangerous thing in terms of people being raped and killed and not only in South Africa, but different parts of the world. As you know, there's terrible persecution also against the church. But for my part, I've been involved in the church world, and I've raised uh, churches and um, sons in the faith, one in particular, Ben and Dorby. He's probably the man that means the most to me in my life, and I've got to watch it now because I get so emotional when I think about him. He's black, I'm white, and we understand that what's born of flesh is flesh. I've had white fathers in our country. We talk about colored, meaning uh, different nationalities mixed together. I've had an amazing uh, colored father uh, in my life, men that imparted uh, Christ to me and established uh, me in the faith and built me. Um, But with Ben and I, God spoke to me about thousands properly cared for. I'm going to save time today and not go into it all. Suffice to say that with these churches that we've planted and He's planted as a son and other sons of mine. Uh, we came to a time when we, as we came last year, I uh, was saying to Zell, I don't think we're coming to America until we got into a church, uh, Sydney Morales, a, a Hispanic church in uh, Lafayette. And uh, the deacon took us to the uh, pastor's vestry at the back, uh, preparing for the service. And as I sat down, 
I didn't realize that was the church where the uh, revival started in Lafayette. As I sat down in the chair, I said to Zell, something's happening here. And in that service, um, the Lord moved in a wonderful way. People were touched and the pastor got up and he prophesied and he said, you're going to be coming to America. That was March last year. We had seen blind see two beautiful young boys, their blind eyes opened and uh, we had seen miracles um, and then um, went back to South Africa with that prophetic word that we would come. And in August, David MacDonald, who I'm waiting to introduce to you, Apostle Yuri, and uh, Amanda, I'm wait- I was speaking to him last night about you and look forward to the introductions. But he came in August and he prophesied that we would be coming. And he said, it's going to happen fast. It'll happen within six months. Well, five months later, here we were just before the virus hit. And so here we are in America. And, um, but I knew in the spirit, because I've raised these sons, some of them have planted churches of a thousand strong and more. I knew my time was up. I'd raised the sons and I released that in terms of the call here. So we didn't just move because of what's happening in the nation. We move by the call of God because we never move uh, in this life unless Holy Spirit's involved. Amen. Sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And the safest place you'll ever be is not in Disney World. The safest place you'll ever be is in the will of God. I've learned that. But I just want to honor um, Apostle Yuri and Amanda. What an amazing couple. And uh, I'm not into flattery. I think flattery is a, a serious thing in the house of God. But I am into genuine praise and appreciation. You know, I had a pastor years ago, our pastor, I wish I could tell you more about him, but I just absolutely adored him. And people would say to me, you know what, you're a pastor worshiper. I said, no, 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 no. I'm not a pastor worshiper. I'm a pastor lover. Amen. And if you look at Ephesians 4, the key to the church growing is love. And uh, it's love that builds. Isn't that right? Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And the key, um, and part of what's in my heart, is for the church to get back to the foundations of being rooted and grounded in the love of God. And to understand that the world will know that we're his disciples when we love one another. So uh, Ben and Dorby, uh, he's a Shangan. And uh, he, him and I love each other dearly. We've wept together, fought stuff through stuff together. And uh, when I'm there, I can tell you in the church, it's like heaven. Uh, we don't care black, white, pink, or yellow. You understand it's the church. But outside of the church, there's a political spirit, demonic forces that are trying to tear our nation apart. So we do appreciate your prayers, and we're praying for America as well. Now, uh, Zell, you asked them to put Psalm 92. Would you put Psalm 92 up on the board from verse 12? Uh, because, uh, Apostle, last evening, um, this is what I saw for you. And uh, for the church here, um, I was with Kim Clement years ago. Uh, God had used me prophetically. We were on a platform of a, a church, a large church in our country. And Kim turned and prophesied and said, you will be a prophet to the nations. So part of our call is uh, prophesying and flowing prophetically. And God does use us in the area of the prophetic. Uh, now, last night, I had a vision of the palm tree. I said, Lord, what is this? And he showed me you, uh, Apostle Yuri, and your ministry and church. I know you're one flesh, so it applies to both of you. But uh, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. 
Now, a palm tree, if you look at World Book, there are about 60 different uses for a palm tree. You get dates, you get coconuts, you get fruit, they make perfumes, these clothing made out of it. And uh, so there are many uses of a palm tree. It's a multifaceted tree, but one of the amazing things about a palm tree is it grows in the middle of a desert. It endures all kinds of stuff. You can take a palm tree after 50 years and replant it. And so I wish I had more time. I will when we're together afterwards. But just to enlarge on what the psalm writer is saying here, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. It's talking about enduring whatever. You can take that tree and it's going to stand and having done all stand. And so I saw that in terms of your apostolic heart and ministry that it's going to, you're going to stand and as the verses continue, growing up like cedars in Lebanon, the cedar was used in the temple of God, pillars of God made of cedar as you know and so on in the tabernacle and of course in the temple. So you can enlarge on this and hear what the Spirit of God is saying to you, but this ministry will stand, and this ministry will withstand, and you'll go through times, we all do, we heard about suffering on the Apostolic Conference, but understand this, there's a tenacity in this house. There's the heart of God, strengthened with His might by His Spirit in the inner man. Understand, we're strong in the Lord and the power of His might. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. And in this ministry, what I see in terms of this whole picture and praying through the night is you will and are planted by the, in the house of the Lord, the previous verse, at palm tree, cedar. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. So now we start getting to fruit and the different uses of the palm tree. Shall flourish in the courts of our God, as you continue, brother, they shall still bear fruit in old age. Now, I want you to get that, because you get young bloomers and you get late bloomers. And, um, I, uh, you know, we've made a big mistake. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were alive at the same time. And we need all the generations in the church. The Bible says one of the signs of these last days is not honoring the gray head. And not honoring the elderly. But we need the elderly. You needed Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And uh, you can look at that. They're still alive. Hallelujah. Jesus spoke about them as still being alive. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And uh, he is the ancient of days, as you know the Lord is. And age is simply a number. Our spirit never ages. And we've got to look beyond that. I know uh, Brother Hagen was in his 80s and his radio show um, the radio producer came and said, you know, it's amazing. We've got all these young people's programs, but the program that supported the most is yours as a teaching program. And he was well into his 70s and so on at the time. And uh, what he was teaching on that and saying, well, you see what young people really want is reality. Young people are not stupid. They've seen all the hypocrisies and so on. And so when he brought the truth of God's word, and as Reinhard Bonker says, um, Apostle Yuri, you know, God's word in your mouth is the same as God's word in his mouth. And so it's not about age, it's not about years, but as the years go, you will see, you will bear fruit in old, in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Keep going, dear brother. 
to declare that the Lord is upright. He is our rock. There is no unrighteousness in him. So I submit that uh, prophetically to you as a church, that this will be a ministry that will stand through come hell or high water. You might be looking and be concerned about what's happening in the nation, but how many of you know the Lord is building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against us? We are going over and not under. Hallelujah. The Lord is our fortress and our high tower. And as you stay in the secret place of the Most High, God is going to be opening a revelation to you in terms of how to endure, in terms of how to bring this to pass, in, in terms of help, helping others that are moving on to their latter years to stay. And, and of course, with that, bringing through the younger people under the shadow of the older trees. So it's not just about the elderly. It's all ages, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but you will stand. And I did share with uh, Pastor um, um, Amanda last evening a word I saw for her in terms of teaching and preaching and God taking her ministry um, to very significant places um, across this country and other places in the world. And so do pray for them as a voice for the Lord. Um, I am so excited and delighted to be here because I've always loved uh, the uh, Amish people. I've only seen them from a distance distance, haven't really known any Amish people, and I was just so delighted because there's something about them that just melts my heart. And uh, seeing the little horses going by, I mean, it's just the most beautiful thing, seeing it from a distance, but you know, beloved, to come here and then to find that God has raised this couple apostolically to speak into uh, the situation and bring people into that relationship with him uh, whereby he does exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. Now you'll notice I'm speaking fast because I want to save time, but we do need to take time today. So Father, we just thank you that Lord, these are your children. These are your people, Lord Jesus, the sheep of your pasture, and you said, feed my sheep. We thank you, Lord, that like Mary of old, we can sit at your feet today, and that, Lord, you will speak. Lord, allow me, please, to speak as the oracle of God, that your sheep might receive that which you're saying at this time. I heard you through the night saying what you want to do here. And so we thank you, Lord, that you'll confirm your word with signs and with wonders following, that not one will leave this place the same, because your word cannot return void. It is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides spirit and soul, a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of our heart, and it even goes into the marrow of the bone, the blood factory of the body. And so we thank you for healings, deliverances. We thank you, Lord, that you set every captive free. We declare every chain broken in Jesus' name. Satan and demons under the feet of Jesus, paralyzed, unable to steal one word, as, Lord, your seed falls in good ground and brings forth thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. So in advance, Father, we give you all the praise. Holy Spirit, all the praise, all the honor and the glory in Jesus' wonderful name. Now, you know, I, um, I, when I first came to America back in 1982, I'm not going to give you my whole history, but I've been in the ministry um, over 40 years. I might not look like it, but uh, I had a prophet prophesy that after I turn 70, my ministry will take off. And uh, we're not far away right now, I'll turn 70 on the 28th of November this year. 
So I, I've seen men, you know, of all ages being used of God. And uh, I, uh, I believe that it's not by our own strength. It's not by our own limited human capacity. His word, hallelujah, doesn't change. Jesus doesn't change. Holy Spirit doesn't change. And uh, so I'm also, as well as encouraging Americans to stand strong for God, I'm encouraging people that are over 50s and 60s to rise up at this time and to really understand God wants to do something special, not only amongst the younger people, but amongst the elderly. And uh, it's not time to uh, retire, it's time to refire. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, like Catherine Kuhlman said, she said, I'm nothing but the Holy Spirit's in the meeting. And I'm not depending upon myself. You get me? He's here. And he doesn't age. And he's never lost his ancient power. And he will still confirm the word with signs and wonders following and do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. Now, when I first traveled, um, it was a, a different thing because every church I went to, I waited on God for a message. That was back in 1982 when I came through the States. And uh, a similar thing has happened here because I don't want you to have stale bread. You know, you don't eat yesterday's bread. You want fresh bread. And what the Holy Spirit said to me around four o'clock this morning is that he wants to be involved in every area of your lives. He came on the day of Pentecost. He never left. You get me? The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's omniscient, all-knowing. Glory to God. And he's all-seeing. His eyes are in every place to show himself strong on our behalf. And so, beloved, we're going to be talking on the Holy Spirit today. He is the most wonderful person. Jesus said he will take of that which is mine. He will show it to you. So we focus in on Jesus, the King. But it's the Holy Spirit of God that makes the King real. Jesus said, if I cast out devils by the Holy Spirit, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. He said, I'm going away. And he says, but I will not leave you comfortless. I will send another comforter, even the Spirit, and he will comfort you. He will strengthen you. He will guide you. And he will do in your life everything you could possibly expect him to do. Now, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we understand He's one person. There's God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one person. I am one person. I'm a father, you get me, to children. I'm a husband to my wife. I'm a friend to my friends. I'm a colleague to colleagues in the ministry. And, uh, but I'm one person, and I have different ways of functioning and relating. I don't relate to Apostle Yuri the same way as I relate to my wife, and I'm sure he's glad about that. <laughs> I know some people do, but I don't. You get it? <laughs> So when we talk about the wonderful person of the Holy Spirit, he loves you beyond anything I can ever describe. And he wants to be involved in everything that concerns you. He wants to get involved, spirit, soul, body, interpersonally and financially. And the Bible tells us that we are to keep our minds set on the things above in heaven, not on earth. Our focus is not to be down here. 
Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. And God is wanting his people to have a heavenly focus. See, we are not, uh, we are living out of the heavens. This is an ascended life. We risen with Christ. We seated with Christ. And we are to live out of the heavens, not simply praying for victory. We are bringing the victory. We are praying from victory. And I'll touch on that in the minister's conference this afternoon. What I have found is the Holy Spirit sheds the love of God abroad in hearts. And like I mentioned to you, uh, with the brothers and, and family of God in our nation, you know, it, color doesn't matter. When the Holy Spirit gets hold of you and the Holy Spirit arrests your heart and the Holy Spirit drops His love, the love of God in your heart, when the Holy Spirit made you a new creature in Christ and gave you His life, nature and ability, understand as a new spirit man you have a spirit not of fear but one of love, power and a sound mind and you are called to bring the love of God which Holy Spirit has shed abroad in you to the nations. And uh, so when we understand Holy Spirit and we watch men like the Apostle Paul, it wasn't by might nor by his power, not by wisdom, not by the strength of the horse or the strength of a man's legs. It was by the Spirit of God and it was Paul's relationship with Holy Spirit who told him where to go, when to go, what to do, what not to do, what to say, what not to say that took the gospel through those difficult times with perils of robbers, perils of thieves and all kinds of other dangers. Paul had a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He understood the mysteries of God. He understood what it was to be spirit-filled, spirit-anointed. He knew what it was to have the Spirit working within and the Spirit upon. He knew what it was to have the well anointing within, which Jesus spoke about at the woman with the well. He knew what it was to have a well anointing, and he knew what it was to have a river anointing, which our sister saw today. I appreciated that because I've been in meetings where the river of God is flowing and the river of God is here today and where the river flows you can know things happen. I've seen it time and again because Holy Spirit cannot fail. The Holy Spirit will confirm the word as you release your faith in that word and the waters of God flowing out from under the throne of God will touch lives here today as he always does when we preach for good. Jesus said out of our mouths, hallelujah, out of our hearts, rivers, not just one, rivers of living water flow. Rivers of peace, rivers of power, rivers of fire, rivers of joy. And the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So if we're going to be a kingdom people, we've got to understand the Holy Spirit. We've got to understand how He works. We've got to understand how He thinks. And we've got to have an intimate relationship with Him by way of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. And so God is wanting a relationship with you. He wants to commune with you. He loves you. And uh, you know, when God spoke on that mountain, the people said, Moses, we can't take it. The whole mountain shaking with fire. You speak to the Lord and you translate the word. Well, the Holy Spirit does that. If God spoke, I mean, he could just destroy the entire world with one blast of his nostrils. But Holy Spirit takes the awesome power of God and he simplifies and comes in with the gentleness of God. Oh, the gentle dove of heaven will come into a situation and it's not just the noise, but in the still small voice that he will impart to you and he will infuse you with the strength. Now, talking about looking at heaven, uh, Revelation, our brother at the back asked for some scriptures. You can follow them on the overhead. Uh, John is caught up into heaven. 
And as he's caught up into heaven, he says, I looked and behold, in the midst of the throne uh, were, let me get this one right, got it the right way around. He says, in the midst of the throne and in the midst of the four living creatures, the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God gone out into all the world. So here we see symbolically, Revelation's written to signify Jesus is seen as the lamb with seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God gone out into all the world. Horns speak of power. Christ, the power of God. The eyes speak of the wisdom of God. And so God's eyes are in every place to show himself strong on our behalf. God's eyes are in every place beholding the good and the evil. God's ears are in every place open to every cry. His ears are not heavy that they cannot hear and his arms are not shortened that they cannot save. And so if we had time today to enlarge, we'll see types and shadows throughout Scripture speaking symbolically of the person of the Holy Spirit in the tabernacle. You know they had the manila and the seven candlesticks, all speaking of the sevenfold Spirit of God, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and so on. Now, when we're saying then that what John saw here was he saw saw the lamb. He sees his eyes, and now he's actually caught up into heaven. He was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. But God is wanting us to focus on the throne. We're focusing on political leaders. We're focusing on who's coming in, and that's important. We understand that. We need a righteous government, for when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. And we've had that in our nation, like you cannot believe. But you see, even in the midst of all of this, I've got to lift up my eyes, not just to the hills, but to heaven. And I've got to focus on the throne and understand that you are crucified with Christ, buried with Him, risen with Him, and seated with Him. We'll touch on more of that in the ministry school this afternoon. But you're seated with Him, with the Lord, on the throne. Your spirit man is one spirit with God, hallelujah, and the Holy Ghost is in you if you're born again. He's coming to you, and if you understand and have opened yourself to praying with the Spirit and so on, He flows out of you as a river. In that river, there, wherever that river flows, there's life, there's light, there's revelation, and the life of God is the light of men. The Holy Spirit brings revelation knowledge. He is, and I, I want to just briefly give you some of the labels or titles that the Bible, especially amongst the Pentecostals used, in terms of being the spirit of grace, the spirit of life, the spirit of adoption, and uh, spirit of supplication, spirit of glory, and so on, which we'll touch on. Now, beloved, when we talk grace, if you had to kill my son, or I had to kill your son, and you killed me, that would be vengeance. If I had to kill your son or you killed mine and we had you or me incarcerated, that would be justice. But if you had to kill my son and I were to say to you everything that I purposed for my son, his entire inheritance, everything I was going to leave to him, I am now going to give you. I'm not only going to forgive you, I'm going to bless you with everything that belongs to him, that would be grace. 
And so when we talk about grace, G-R-A-C, it's God's riches at Christ's expense. I wish we could enlarge on that. The grace of God knows no bounds. I know there's people that have taken these things to extremes and I don't want to go there today. But suffice to say that God's grace is infinite. You cannot measure the grace of God. The grace of God was something preached even to Abraham. The law was given to Moses to bring people back to the throne of grace and understand what the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ was. But grace, beloved, is not only G-R-A-C, God's riches at Christ's expense. It's God's riches at God's enabling, at Christ's enabling. God's riches at Christ's expense, unmerited favor. But G-R-A-C is God's riches at Christ's enabling. In other words, the grace of God, God by His grace, will enable you to do things and enable you to enjoy things that you could never enjoy in the natural The Holy Spirit will take of that which is mine. He will show you the unsearchable riches of Christ, but then he will unpack that in your life and he will bring into your life the abilities of God, the grace of God. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Holy Spirit is one that not only brings the forgiveness and the mercy of God in terms of God's riches at Christ's expense, everything Jesus went through on the cross for you and me, but he also brings the ability of God. You have a spirit, not of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind. That power is ability. What God has put within you, beloved, is the ability of God. And the Holy Spirit knew what you and I would need through these times. You are not alive today, perchance. God knew before the foundation of the world that you would be alive today. And God knew that you would be in this meeting today. And God knew those that would receive him. And he knew what he wanted to do with your life, the assignment he wanted to give to you. And he knew that you couldn't fulfill it in your own strength. And so the Holy Spirit came on the day of uh, Pentecost, as you know. He has never left, but he came in order to administer in you the ability of God so that you can live out this life for him and take uh, the very abilities of God to the nations. So in terms of the Spirit of grace, all the gifts of the Spirit... God's gifts, as He wills, as the Spirit wills, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, hallelujah, the gift of faith, uh, the gifts of healings and miracles, tongues, interpretation, prophecy. This is all the function, see? He's one person, but He functions in different ways, and He enables you to flow in the gifts. I need to listen very carefully to him now because what the Lord is wanting you to understand is many of you have already flowed in the gifts of the Spirit. We have complicated this thing. And God is wanting you in these times to know in your knower, to know in your spirit what's going on. He wants you to have inside information and he wants you to enjoy his ability to face whatever you've got to face. He wants you to overcome, not in your own strength, Not in your own might, but by his ability. How many of you have ever been with somebody and you knew they were a Christian? You just wave your hands. How did you know that? You just knew in your knower. And so when we complicate this thing, we miss God. Because my sheep, if you're a born-again believer, my sheep know my voice. 
And if you know your, his voice and you sense that, like you did when you knew that person was a Christian, or you just knew you should pray for this person, or you were praying for another person and all of a sudden you just knew something about them, like we heard from the platform here this morning. You just saw in the spirit that there was a river. What is that? It's the ability to look through the seven horns and the seven eyes of God. It's the ability for that light to shine into our spirits for us to see what's going on. I've had the wonderful privilege of hearing angels sing, and uh, I've just done a three-part series on angels and the ministry of angels. We were in a camp meeting, and uh, I was sitting, I thought, Lord, what's happening to me? We had Ashley Bell, a minister in our country. He was playing the keyboard at the time, and all of a sudden, I heard the most glorious choirs singing. Well, the next morning at the camp, uh, Willie Gomez, a young Portuguese guy, got up. He said, man, last night I heard angelic singing. Half of us had heard, the other half hadn't. So all around us, beloved, there are angelic beings. When Elisha's servant was trembling and shaking, what did the prophet say? Open his eyes, Lord. And he looked and he saw chariots of fire. The angelic hosts that are around about you, and the angels work with the Holy Spirit. See, the angels work with the Holy Spirit like demon spirits work with the devil. We've got to learn to understand the voice of the Holy Spirit, to speak what he's speaking, to do what he wants us to do, because the angels are waiting. When we talk about releasing on earth, binding and loosing, we release angelic activity because they are ministering spirits according to God's word. We have got to learn to move with the Holy Spirit. And when he says, speak, you speak. Look at this. Mary, the Holy Spirit, will overshadow you. And that holy thing that will be born of you will be the Son of God. She says, be it unto me according to your word. John the Baptist's father, instead of obeying, what he does is he starts questioning. And what did the archangel do? Right there, he said, you're not going to speak from today. It's a very serious thing to contradict what God is saying. And so he shut his mouth, Zacharias' mouth, until John the Baptist was born. He wrote, and when he said his name shall be called John, his tongue was loosed. What am I saying by that? I'm saying the Holy Spirit will move. The Holy Spirit speaking to you, and whatever he tells you to do, he's about to release his ability. You see, I can't heal anybody, but when the gifts of healings flow, I see the amazing things happen. Then the blind see, the deaf hear. We've seen wonderful things, and your pastor, and I love being around this ministry because you understand healing in this ministry. And you understand what it is to see God's healing hand extended. What's really happening is you are flowing with the Holy Spirit in obedience to the Word, and the angels work with Holy Spirit and with you to bring that thing to pass. If we would listen to the Holy Spirit, our families would be protected like never before. We've seen it. We've seen it in Israel. We've seen it in north of our country in times of bush wars and that, where God would uh, uh, cause angels to appear to protect people. David Wilkinson from your own country, they were crossing the switchblade on those streets when the young girls were out giving tracks. Remember, as the bad uh, youngsters came to meddle with them and mess with them, they would see angels standing behind those young girls giving out tracks. 
If you deny the ministry of angels, you deny the ministry of Jesus because Jesus spoke about angels all the time. And they ministered to him even in the Garden of Gethsemane. Paul spoke about an angel stood by me last night. What was Paul doing? He was moving with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit was bringing angelic hosts with uh, the angels having different places and ministry, so to speak, messengers of God. Some of them helped interpret scripture in Daniel's day, as you know, and so on. And these are working together with God all the time according to the Word of God. They are ministering spirits for the believer. And the Psalm 103 tells you they're ministering spirits according to the Word. So it's a very sobering thing. We don't talk nonsense. If God said it, that settles it. And if God said a virgin will conceive, then that settles it. If God says, listen, Bring the water pots and fill them with water. It doesn't matter what science says. Mary just said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And guys, I want to say this to you. This is a key to getting through these times. We listened on this conference about suffering for Jesus. And the Bible says those that uh, uh, live for God will suffer persecution. As you know, Paul suffered many things. We don't suffer sickness. It's not what Paul was talking about, but suffered persecution and so on. And he knew what it was to come through perils of robbers, dangerous places, but he knew how to listen to God, and he got through time and time again. So what's coming on the face of the earth, and I know some people don't really see this yet, but what's coming on the face of the earth is times where you and I are going to need the Holy Spirit and his ability to see and to know ahead of time what should be going on. And so when we talk the Holy Spirit, he's the spirit of grace. The Bible tells us we are not to do despite to the spirit of grace. Uh, you can look that up in scripture. Hebrews 10, 29 says, Of how much worse punishment do you suppose he will be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace? He can be grieved. He can be insulted. And so people who undermine the blood of Jesus, trample under the blood of Jesus, are grieving the Spirit of God, and the Bible says they're going to face an answer for doing so. The Holy Spirit will witness to the blood. The Holy Spirit will witness to the Word. See? And He's working with you so that when you speak the Word, or when we come around the table of the Lord like this, He witnesses to the blood. We've seen wonderful things happen at the table of the Lord in terms of healings and so on because the Holy Spirit will witness to the blood. He witnesses to the preaching of the cross. I often hear worshipers say, well, if we lift Jesus higher, men will be drawn. No, Jesus was saying that in John chapter 12, and he was talking about being lifted up on the cross. Dr. Billy Graham came home one night and said, I didn't see that many people saved. And his friend said to him, yes, Dr. Billy, he said, Tonight you didn't preach the cross. When you preach the cross, when you go out witnessing by the Holy Spirit, then you preach on the cross and the Holy Spirit witnesses to the blood. I trained thousands of people in door-to-door -door evangelism and I remember on one occasion going into a home, there was a Jehovah Witness there, there was a backslidden Christian, an unsaved person. We went into the house and as I went in, having knocked on the door, they let me in and I started witnessing to them. They were joking. They were being frivolous. But the moment I changed that conversation and said, you know, Jesus went to the cross, his head was swelled to twice the size because of the thorns punctured in his brow. 
And I went through the cross in terms of what Jesus suffered on the cross. Do you know that as I did that, the Holy Spirit came in the room, backing and, you understand, confirming the preaching of the cross and the preaching of the cross of the power of God. He brought the power of God, confirming the power of the blood. And those guys sobered up. Do you know the Jehovah Witness got saved? The backslider came back to the Lord because I preached the cross. Now, what am I saying? We need to learn to flow with the Holy Spirit. We need to learn He wrote the Bible to use the Bible scriptures that He wants us to use. I train people in door-to-door evangelism, and it's good to have. We used evangelism explosion and so on. But one day, a pastor of a very large church and his wife said, Oh, Sam, that's working in those areas, but I want you to come into the very wealthy areas. I said, Okay. We got to this gate of this huge house. The gate goes back, wealthy lady. We go into her lounge, and the Holy Spirit changed the conversation. But as I shared the gospel, the gospel is the power of God, that lady gave her life to Jesus in the super wealthy setup. And this uh, pastor of this big church and his wife just sat there, and it changed her heart. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is able to turn the hearts of even kings, whichever way he wants. Listen to me, Mr. Businessman. You're not meant to be relying on your limited human ability. I've done coaching, executive coaching and so on, without going into it all. But I'm telling you, when the Lord gives you a word and you do what he tells you to do, he will cause you to flourish in the desert. He will make the desert blossom as the rose. He will bring clients to you. He will open doors of men's hearts. You will have favor. We talk these things, beloved, but none of it is just by our own human ingenuity. It's an anointing that makes rich. It's the anointings of God upon Jesus. And uh, I went through a very deep time once with all that we were going through and was discouraged and the Lord visited with me and he said, no son, you continue for the spirit of the Lord is upon you and he has anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor, sent you to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those that are bruised. Now, when we understand that God's anointed each of us, some of you in business, some of in the different mountains of influence, some of you in politics, some of you in education, we can make the mistake of leaving Holy Spirit outside the classroom, leave the mistake of leaving God outside the business. Whereas God is wanting, listen carefully, beloved, to be involved in every area of your life. He showed Moses the tabernacle. And then he took men and anointed them to work with gold and to work with silver and to work with precious stones and to work with fabrics. Whatever line you're in, understand God has the ability. uh, And if you'll be available, his ability will come to work in every area of your life. Well, how do I raise that teenager? How do I raise that difficult one or bring them back home when they're running wild? Listen to the Holy Ghost. He has the answers. He knows how to draw the whosoever back. And so when we understand God's ways and he's put them in his word, we understand that the Lord's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think in every area. Now, as the spirit of life, the Bible says the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set you free from the law of sin and death. Same person, same Holy Spirit, but he quickens mortal bodies. And a brother, as I came into the church today, I think his name's Kyle, said to me, oh, I like John G. Lake. Well, John G. Lake was in our country, and what happened is people were dying of a terrible plague, and uh, he was working amongst them, like this COVID virus, and yet it wasn't touching him. 
And as anybody that touched that particular plague would die. And so the doctors came to him and said, how is it that you're not getting sick? He said, you can put that sickness on my hand. This is recorded. He did a hundred, over 100,000 recorded healings in America and the same in our country. We've got huge churches because of John G. Lake's ministry. They put that disease on his hand and it died under the microscope. That same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And if you'll believe it, because we have to have, listen carefully now, please. I'm preaching as fast as I can because of time. We need faith in the persons of the Godhead, faith in the promises of God, and faith in the power of God. Paul said, I don't just come and preach to you with men's wisdom. I come preaching with demonstration of the Holy Spirit so that your faith will stand in the power of God. Second Peter 1, Peter says there, faith in the persons, power, and promises of God. And he says, as you add to that faith, you'll have an abundance entrance into the kingdom. When the church learned to work with Holy Spirit, when the church learned to listen to Him, when the church commune with the Holy Spirit as their best friend, when you and I allow Holy Spirit to guide us, teach us, and everything else that He does, allow Him to come in His fullness, and He will bring the fullness of the blessings of the gospel of Christ, and we will become the church that God's wanting us to be. It's Him that's going to bring us to the perfect man. It's him that's going to bring us to the mature church. It's not by our might or power or wisdom. If it wasn't for the grace of God, the gifts of God, the life of God, Joseph would never have been a father to Pharaoh. Daniel would never have come out of the lion's den. These men operated by the gifts of the Spirit. And they said, King, I'll tell you what your dream means. And there's the occult, as you know, all kinds of seances and rubbish going on, devil's rubbish, but in the middle of it, Daniel could stand there and say, King, don't kill them, but let me tell you what your dream's about. See, the Holy Spirit is wanting you to know before you do anything what you should do. There are people signing contracts, buying houses, buying guitars, buying instruments, buying all kinds of spending money and wondering why they're not prospering. It's because the Holy Spirit never told him to do it. I had one man come to me, old pastor. He said, you know, my business is going under. He said, I've been to the counselors and seven times, I'm sorry, eight times. He says they've broken off that spirit of uh, the, uh, what do they call it, meat and secret, the Freemasons. I said, what are you talking about? He says, no, they, they broke, and I believe in breaking that stuff off. There are curses and everything involved there. Eight times. I said, brother, just to please, please, tell me about your business. He says, well, it was going great, you know, uh, pastor, and then what I did is I went and I opened this shop here, and since then my business, I said, did God tell you to open that other shop? He said, no. I said, then it's got nothing to do with Freemasons, because where he leads, he feeds. Where he guides, he provides. He's our shepherd and he leads us into green pastures. If you're hearing what the Holy Spirit's saying today, beloved, and he's speaking these things to me as much as anybody here, the Holy Spirit's wanting us to have a relationship, to commune with him, to get to know his voice like never, ever before. I'm going to go as far as to say this. If you will learn to do what I'm saying today and what God's speaking through this message, your family will be protected. God will warn you of the dangers to come. He will protect you and bring angels in to protect you in situations. Many a Christian is dead because they didn't listen to the Holy Spirit. 
Many a Christian died early because they partook of the Lord's table unworthily, not in faith and by the leading of God in terms of applying the truth of the Lord's table. For this reason, many are sick and weak among you and many even sleep, Paul said. We've got to learn to work with Holy Spirit, to work with the word uh, that he has spoken and written. Then you get to him, he operates as the spirit of adoption. I'm going very quickly now, but listen to this. As the spirit of adoption, he brings you into your inheritance, Romans 8 tells you. As the spirit of adoption, he will bring you into your inheritance. We're adopted into the family of God, but you'll know there comes a time when you'll say to your son, you can use the debit card or whatever they're going to use. He's come of age. And when God spoke out of heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, he was acknowledging in Psalm 2, that's the day he came into his place of adoption, his place of maturity. The Holy Spirit's wanting to bring you into a place in terms of your assignment, beloved, whereby you're going to be able to do the works that Jesus did for. He said, the works that I do, you will do greater than the same and greater than these. And he will bring you into the fullness of the blessing blessings of the gospel of Christ, both spiritually and materially. Rich means a full supply. And I know uh, old man Brother Hagen was with the Lord one day, and the Lord said, if my people will listen to me, I will make every one of them wealthy. Now, he wasn't over the top. You understand? I know there's all kinds of extremes in this thing. But listen to me. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow. Forgive me if I'm sounding strong today and in a sense preaching at you. All this is, applies to my own life. But I'm wanting to get through because of our time today and uh, want you just to light fires in terms of having a relationship with Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of holiness. Many of us trying to live the Christian life and wonder why we're failing. Well, be led by the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So how do we become holy? By allowing holy spirit to work in us. I love the fact that no matter what we suffer, we suffer temptation, we suffer trials, but no temptation is taking you without God making a way of escape. Isn't that wonderful? So no matter what you face, if you will say, Holy Spirit, what must I do in this situation? And I wish I had more time to teach on this one in terms of you've already been set free from sin. You are to think of yourself as dead indeed unto sin, Romans 6 verse 11 says, and the Holy Spirit wants us to do that. He wrote it, he wants us to do it, and many a person can't win because they see themselves as a sinner. Instead of seeing themselves as new creations in Christ, recreated in the Holy Spirit and in Christ. And then we have the spirit of supplications, spirit of supplications, God enabling us to pray. The Holy Spirit shows us what we should pray for as we ought. Spirit of truth, he brings us into truth. And then finally, the spirit of glory as he manifests God's presence. And you'll know with Moses when he went up the mountain, he said, God, show me your glory. And God's glory came down as God hid Moses in the cleft of the rock, covered him there with his hands. And as he looked upon God's back parts, you know, he came down the mountain with his face shining. This is the manifested glory of God. Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 3.18, if you read that whole chapter, that the Moses, the glory that was upon Moses, the glory of the law, and the glory that Moses had was a fading glory. But the glory that's within you as the Christian, the glory that the Holy Spirit has brought into your life, for you are glorified, you are justified and glorified, 
The Holy Spirit's glory, hallelujah, is causing you to change. As you're looking into the mirror of God's Word, the Holy Spirit's bringing you into a place where you will manifest the glory of God. When the glory of God manifests, the priesthood cannot stand. I've not only seen people fall under the power, I've seen people praying for them, just revivals we've had, where they've been stuck standing up. We were in Cape Town one day, and when the power God touched this person, he shot up in the air, didn't shoot down, he shot up over the seat. Because the power of God manifests, anything can happen. Bible says Jesus changed the water to wine and manifested his glory. God is wanting to manifest his glory. We live to the praise of God's glory. And God is not just wanting it through superstars and silver-tongued orators that can preach to you. Beloved, you are the church. You are the virtuous bride. You are a glorious church. And God is wanting you to manifest the glory wherever you go. God is wanting you to carry that glory. For there's a world out there, and I could start prophesying here, that are hungry. There's a world out there that are starving. There's a world out there that's lost. And I've called you, my people, to do that which I've called you to do in terms of reaching out, to seeking out the lost, ministering that which I've placed within you, fulfilling your assignments, saying and doing the things that I've called you to say and do. For the time is short, and many things will come on the face of the earth if my people do not stand and radiate my glory. Even as the moon reflects the sun, so I'm wanting my people, my church, to reflect my light and my glory into the darkest places, for darkness is covering the face of the earth, but the glory upon my people will cause my people to shine. And the glory of the people, of, of, of my glory upon my people will cause the nations to come. So seek not to do these things in your own strength. For I'm about to bring abilities that you never knew you had. I'm about to bring my ability into situations. And I'm seeing this in the Spirit, beloved, where God's going to empower businessmen. Tells us in these last days we'll be mighty and do exploits. God's going to bring uh, witty inventions. God's going to show you how to run businesses beyond what your planning, organizing, directing, coordinating, and controlling has taught you. Not operating in the wisdom of men, but operating by the leading of the Spirit, by the direction of God. I tell you, many years ago I was in business and I had to travel many miles. The, the petrol shortage, I had to travel very slowly. So I had hours and hours and praying in tongues. I walked into a business place and the manager came running or the director came running out of the office straight up to me. And he said to me, what are you doing? And I was able to do business with him. And two of the Indian men behind the counter called me afterwards. They said, hey, Lani, who are you? This is how they speak in our country. Hey, Lani, who are you? I said, what do you mean, who am I? He says, that director never comes out of his office. He will not uh, entertain anybody who's come through those business doors. You see, the glory of God, beloved, goes beyond what you can ever ask or think. The glory of God is the ability of God manifest. And so the Holy Spirit is the spirit of grace, spirit of life, spirit of adoption, all these different titles you'll see in the scriptures. He will bring about, and he's going to do this, Pastor, I'm seeing this. You're going to see supernatural wealth come here. I'm telling you, you're going to see God bring supernatural wealth here. If you will just listen to God and do what he said. Somebody here, you've held back. And for a long time now, you've known you should be stepping out. But you've been holding back in your cave, trying to protect your lot. And the Lord's saying, I don't want you to do that. 
There's seed to be sown, bread for eating, but it's time for you to step out of your comfort zone. Peter had to step out of the boat. Now this sermon's going everywhere today. This is what I call a fruit salad, a shotgun. This is not homiletics, three points in a poem. Please hear me. We're just talking about meddling here. But the Holy Spirit is wanting you to do that. Some of you, your children, listen carefully, will be lost and go to a lost eternity if you don't take heed to the, this time of listening to Holy Spirit. He knows how to bring people in. Dr. Paul Yonggi Cho had a lady come, said, I'm so embarrassed, Pastor, what must I do? And she said, my daughter is in the city living a loose life with the men. My husband and my four sons all work in the factory. And these, these boys are embarrassed because the men in the factory have been doing all kinds of stuff with their sister. She said, Pastor, what do I do? And uh, Dr. Paul Yonggi Cha, I, I had the privilege of going there, meeting him and all sorts of wonderful things and was praying with him in meetings. This man understood prayer. He said, now I'll tell you what you do. You've got a prayer mountain and I want you to pray. And when you pray, I want you to visualize your daughter coming in a clean dress with a Bible under her arm to church. And as you pray in the Spirit, see, Isaiah 66, 7 and 8, when Zion the church travails, she births children. See, as you pray in the Spirit, Galatians 4, 19 says, as we pray in the Spirit, Christ is formed in people, Paul said. Many a church is filled or lost people and backslidden because they haven't prayed in the Spirit. They haven't allowed the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of supplications to pray through them. Do you know that lady with Dr. Paul Yonggi Cho, within three weeks, there was a knock at the door. This girl was crying her heart out. She said, Mommy, I'm coming back home. There is nothing impossible to God. If the Holy Spirit takes a hold together with your spirit and prays through you, listen to me, beloved. How can Holy Spirit not get an answer from God the Father? How can Holy Spirit not get an answer from Jesus? It's an impossibility. And God wants you to step into the supernatural realm. So would you stand to your feet, please? And um, we're going to go to prayer. Zelly, if you'll come to the keyboard. Would you just open your heart to him? It's 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit. Would you just open your heart to him and say, Lord, Holy Spirit, I want a relationship with you. I want you to be involved in every area of my life.